This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Dave and I have a mantra or saying we use when we buy quality fly fishing gear. We always say, it's a good investment. Yes, we do. <laughs> I mean, we've both spent several hundred dollars on the, the last fly rod that we purchased. We recently each shelled out good money for our Patagonia foot tractor wading boots. And even more recently, we both invested, there's our word, uh, about $100 on wading staffs. But money doesn't grow on trees for us. It really doesn't. So the only way we can claim that we've made good investments is if we take care of our gear. And that's our topic of conversation today, taking care of your fly fishing gear. Uh, we've learned that we can get more life and function out of our gear if we take care of it properly. I mean, Dave, think about some of the stuff we have. I mean, I, I just retired a pair of waders that I've used for 20 years. Uh, you must have some things, too, that you've used forever. Well, those pair of Dan Bailey's waders that I, I, I just, I keep wanting to get rid of them. And in some sense, I'm waiting so I can buy those, you know, new Patagonia with yeah. the zipper and the yes. crotch. Mm -hmm. But I can't, right? So uh, they leaked a little bit last year, and I was able to repair it. And now they're, they're really good again. Yeah. And But I've taken really good care of them, and they've really lasted a long time. Now, you and I don't fly fish 70 days a year, but... If you take care of your gear over time, you just get a lot of good wear out of it. Yeah, you really do. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Maybe some uh, uh, tips, some things that you've heard before that just need to be reinforced, or or maybe a new idea or two. Uh, none of this is original with Dave and me. We've we've all learned this from from other fly fishers or or sometimes even Reddit. So so here we go. Let's start with rods. What are some things that we uh, need to do for uh, caring for our rods? I think on the surface, we should just start with making sure your rod is dry before you put it away. Yeah. And I think it's really hard when you're coming back, for, at least for me, from a fly fishing trip, and you're packing everything, and you put everything away. You put it you know, back in the, in the rod tube, and you put it in the... I always put it back in the cloth that's in the rod yeah. tube. Mm -hmm. And I, I often don't think about that. You know, is this rod dry? And just making sure that yeah. the night before I leave, I'm laying that rod out and making sure that everything is dry. That's a good point. Or when you get home, because, you know, if, if, we're, if we're on the water and we're, we're jumping back in a vehicle, sometimes we don't take our rods apart, but sometimes that may be the safest thing to do yeah. for the rod, so that's good. But then, yeah, when you get home, don't forget to take it back out and let it dry. Put it in your utility room, maybe your furnace room or somewhere where it's not going to get stepped on, and that, that's a great point. You know, something else, too, that's uh, that I often forget to do, but uh, that's waxing the rod ferrules. That is where the, the rod you know comes together, where you, you put it together and uh, you can use uh, a lot of people recommend paraffin, but uh, boy, just a just an old candle will will work fine. Yeah. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. Yeah, I, and I uh, when I find that I'm having a hard time pulling them apart, I realize okay, I, I really I, I haven't done this in a long time. This is this one right here, waxing the ferrules, is something I don't do well, and I need to do better at. I think another one is breaking off snag flies. Oh yeah, you got to be careful there. 
by you know pulling on the line with the rod tip pointed directly at the snag. Yes. And and don't pull up like you're fighting a fish. I think that's just a great way to snap a tip off. And I'm just going to oh, confess yeah. something right here. I have I have broken quite a few rods, and I have to tell you in my head I'm thinking, you know, why is it that I am I so anxious in the moment? Am I not taking good care of? I need to slow down. But this is a good one, you know, making sure you break mm-hmm. off your snag flies by pulling on the line with the rod tip mm-hmm. uh, pointed directly at the snag. And and as much as possible, obviously, not trying to do that, just reach up and pull it off yourself, right. pull the fly yeah. off. But sometimes you can't do that, right? Right. So, Something else I suggest, too, is, is to make sure that if you put your rod on top of your uh, vehicle that you uh, remember <laughs> to check. I, I, I've heard of people that... That have lost their rods that way, Dave. You ever heard these stories no, like that? You know, I, you know, there's some idiots out there that do that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But man, but they usually do that because they want to upgrade, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Or they, or honey, they, I lost my fly rod. Right. Or, or instead I think of honey, I, can, I shrunk the kids. That's it. Well, I think I can say this now because there's been enough distance that the pain has has eased a little. Oh, bit. careful, careful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Careful. But yeah, don't leave your uh, your rod tube either in the the limo or the taxi. So, do you remember you where we were when that happened? We were no. uh, we had just fished that stream that comes out. Is it Hebgen oh, Lake? Oh yeah, yeah. Between Quake and Hebgen, it's, Ma- it, it's the Madison River. It's the Madison yeah. River, yeah. Between mm-hmm. Quake and Hebgen, and yeah. you had caught that really nice uh, rainbow spawning oh, yeah. rainbow. That mm-hmm. thing was huge. Oh, yeah. Was that twenty inches? That was a big fish. If you say yes, yes. I think it was twelve, especially <laughs> after you taunted me after I left my. Uh, but anyway, we get back to the yeah. truck. It's snowing out. It's cold. Yeah. It had to be probably twenty oh, degrees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know we're driving home and we're about halfway there. It's about an hour and a half mm-hmm. back. And next thing we realize, we go hey. Yeah. No, or did did we realize this when I got home? I think it was a little bit later. <sighs> Yeah, and it's like, oh man, to go it's all that just way. Shameful. If, if it was a Sage or a Winston or a, a high end Orvis, we might have said, yeah, let's we, go back. Yeah, let's go back and see was, if we can find it. But uh, it was not. And so no. we did not. And uh, right. and I got a new rod out of the you deal. You did. That's, yeah, all's well. <laughs> I love when a plan well. comes yes, together. <laughs> I know. Well, that's so true. Here's one other thing. I, I've never done this, but I read about this recently, and that is for. Uh, uh, cleaning the cork handle on your fly rod, if you're inclined to do that. <laughs> Honestly, I never have. And I have never done that. But somebody said that the quickest, easiest method is to use lighter fluid. That huh. sounds a little scary to me, but <laughs> it yeah, does. Use lighter fluid, you know, or or yeah, wet a wet a soft cloth with a little lighter fluid. You're not just pouring lighter fluid on your on your cork handle, but then rub that, and and that can help remove dirt and discoloration of the cork. Uh, Bleach also works well, which that kind of sounds yeah, you have to be a little careful bit scary with that. too. But uh, yeah, but if you're inclined to do that, uh, so there are some things that uh, uh, you can do with your fly rods. I mean, that's you think about the money we invest in them. Uh, Got to be careful, and of course, then there's the safety things. I've already uh, mocked you for leaving a rod on the top of the, the car, which is very hypocritical because I'm the guy who has stepped on my fly rod in the dark as it's <laughs> as I've been trying to find my fly fishing bench and and uh, it's the fly uh, rods on the floor with your fly fishing boots, your yes, wading boots. That's yes, that's right. Yes, I know. It. Open, just lying yeah. out, waiting to be stepped on. Oh, By the way, I will yeah. say this: this last fall. Well, last year I picked up a new Sage One fly rod, and it was a pretty expensive rod. And I don't know when I did it, but I came 
back after fishing in the afternoon, I realized there's a big chunk that came off the the the, the handle of the rod, yeah. you know, the cork wow. handle. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking with somebody at the fly shop later. And I said, you know, just instead of sending it back, they probably won't repair it. Why don't you just go ahead and find a like a wine cork and and find a small piece and glue it on there and then just sand it down. So yeah. I haven't done that yet. In fact, I just saw that wine cork piece that I had actually saved and it's sitting on my dresser, but I still need to do that. So yeah. Um, but repair, I guess, is another yeah. piece of the rod. Yeah, you know, we probably ought to say this at the risk of stating the obvious, but uh, probably more accidents or more breakage with a fly rod happens around your vehicle than than when you're out yeah. fly fishing. And, and and that's one thing we have done right. Uh, none of us that I know of have, have uh, snapped off a rod tip slamming the door or the, the hatch on an SUV, but... Uh, you do have to watch those things. All right, let's talk about reels. Uh, when it comes to reels, maybe the place to start is to say, hey, the, the maintenance really is minimal, at least on these newer reels. But what I find is I, I really have to check for sand or for grit, and and that means taking off the spool. I mean, if you fall or if you, you set your rod down, you know, you, you're on a bank and maybe you've just you landed a fish or you – you want to tie on a fly and maybe you set it down and you end up getting grit to it. So a, a huge thing is to uh, uh, pay attention to that. Some people will carry a toothbrush to use to wipe it off. I haven't done that, but but I have taken off the spool before and kind of wiped away some grit with my fingers. Yeah, for sure. I, I think another thing is to let your reel uh, air dry after a day on the water. Oh, Again, that's great it's advice. a little bit like the, you know, yeah. a little bit like your fly rod, you know, letting mm-hmm. it, <laughs> yeah. letting it dry out. It seems so patently obvious, yep. but you know, sometimes when you're in the thick of fishing mm-hmm. or, you know, trying to wrap up, get back home, you, you, these little things you forget. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really important. Another one that I do is I just keep my reel in its protective case. Um, I love those Orvis cases oh, with too. foam mm-hmm. and, uh, but again, those are simple things, yep. and but they prevent the you know the simple accidents, I guess. Yeah, they re- they really do, and it, it's easy, isn't it? At the end of a day, just to kind of think, well, I'm just going to toss my fly rod into my uh, vest, and I'm going <laughs> to toss my fly rod into my vest. What an idiot! No. <laughs> oh, uh, take two. Yes. Yeah, it's really easy at the end of the day to just toss your your reel in here. <laughs> okay. Take three. Let's try it again. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy at the end of the day just to take your reel and you might toss it into your duffel bag. And, and yet, you got to be careful not to do that. It could damage it. Uh, something else that I've read about, honestly, I've not done this, Dave, but I've been reading more uh, more uh, you know, real companies saying, hey, back the, off the drag completely when you store your reel for the winter in other I have words, never heard that before yeah, loosen it instead of having it be tight and i i don't know i, I it I, makes sense yeah it does it, it releases sounds, the pressure right. right so i don't know i don't know if i i haven't had any reels that i've uh, had to retire because i mean i damage them <laughs> before I, I i guess i get to that point where the tension on the spring is is uh loosen too much but hey uh, real makers uh, they know what they're talking about so i it's something i'm going to start paying attention to 
All right, so let's talk about fly line. We've talked about rods and reels. Let's talk a little bit about fly line. Now, I do do this. This is important to clean it, you know, at least yep. once a year. I agree. And um, you can use fly line cleaner that you buy at a local fly shop. I, I've heard also that you can just use soapy water, but the folks at Orvis say that dish detergent is not good for your fly line and that it removes the, the thick coating. So... Um, so generally I've used, you know, I just, I purchase a little bit of that cleaner and just wipe, you know, wipe down the, wipe down the, sometimes I'll do it twice a year. Yeah. I'll do it right mm -hmm. in the spring and then some, sometimes mid summer. Mm -hmm. I've even done it even in the fall, like before our trip. So I'll just, yeah. if I'm, mm -hmm. sometimes it's because I have too much time on my hands right. <laughs> or I'm yeah. really anticipating this trip, but I'll mm -hmm. just take my reel and, 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 and clean the, clean the fly line. It takes so little time. And yet, you can feel the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can. I do the same thing, and I, I can't for the life of me now remember the brand name of, of what I have. But I just get the stuff in a in a fly shop. I even bought some. Uh, they were almost like wet wipes that had fly, you know, cleaner fly line cleaner on them. And oh, that's right. Yeah. I've seen those. I too. mean, you don't have to do that, but but honestly, I don't have the time to whip up some concoction. I just need something that's quick. Now, I've also heard of fly fishers using uh, something called glide or some other sort of fly line dressing after it's clean so that it, it guess what, it glides <laughs> uh, through the guides efficiently. I, I don't know. I've never done that. Uh, maybe that would be a good idea, but uh, you know, some people uh, think that's pretty important. So you really wonder, <laughs> is all this just simply to create more product in the market? Well, that's a good point. And I'm sure it helps be, yeah. somewhat right. incrementally, mm -hmm. but is it like mission yeah. critical? But it makes complete sense, at least on yeah. the face of it. Yep, it does. And you'll also get normal nicks and cuts in your line from uh, uh, time to time on the river. But I think it's important to say this. If you, if you practice or you're teaching somebody to fly fish, make sure that you do it out in a park in a grassy section uh, don't go out in your driveway, you know, where there's concrete or, or uh, uh, you know, pavement, and and, and start casting. Uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna nick that lineup. Well, and especially when you're picking that lineup and and making that forward cast, sometimes it's really easy to. That's where you get the nicks. I yeah. think. I mean, probably also when you're, you know, <laughs> slamming it on the on the on the concrete. But yeah, no I think kidding. especially when you're picking it up off the off the mm -hmm. off the grass that's where yep. you get those nicks yeah so have to be careful well let's talk about flies now okay you've got i've got fly boxes with you know, who knows 150 flies in them it's not like i'm going to take each one out individually and clean it but but dave what do you what do you think in terms of caring for your flies what what if anything can you do or is this just uh, uh let's move on to the next category well that forward cast Sometimes it's really easy to. That's where you get the nicks, I yeah. think. I mean, probably also when you're, you know, <laughs> slamming it on the on the on the concrete. But yeah, no I think kidding. especially when you're picking it up off the off the mm -hmm. off the grass, that's where yep. you get those nicks. Yeah, so. you have to be careful. Well, let's talk about flies now. Okay, you've got I've got fly boxes with, you know, who knows, 150 flies in them. It's not like I'm going to take each one out individually and clean it, but, but Dave, what do you what do you think in terms of caring for your flies? What what if anything can you do, or is this just uh, 
let's move on to the next category. Well, every so often, you either fall in or drop your fly box in. I think, I think just as a, as a good recommendation, if, if that happens while you're fishing, take the time to dry out those flies and you get back. Yeah, that's and, important. And all that means is what? Just opening up your yeah. fly box and uh, uh, letting it air dry. Have you seen rusted flies? I have. I've opened up my fly box yeah, and went, I have really? before. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I'm like, yeah. okay, I know better. I'm just lazy or I'm trying to move too quickly or I forgot. And I do think, air, especially if you drop that fly box in the water, and occasionally that happens, and just take the time to air them out. Right. I suppose if, if it really got soaked and maybe you've got, you know, that fly box has, has foam in it and that's where you, you kind of stick the, uh, you know, the, the hook into this, this piece of foam, well, then you might have to actually remove the flies. But I think in most cases, just taking the time to keep your fly box open, maybe in a warm spot, and you'll probably be okay. Sun is an amazing uh, dryer. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Well, if flies are something that you, you kind of have to do minimal stuff to, I, I think this next category is a, is a bigger deal and takes a little bit more care, and that would be waders. Yeah, for sure, and I think the yeah. first thing is to you know turn them inside out after a day's use so that they will air dry. Yeah, that's a great point. That's really important. You know, when you think about the outside being damp, well, that's fine, no big deal there, but uh, the, the inside, even if... You say, well, my waders don't leak. True, but do you sweat? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so turn them inside out. And I also think you probably underestimate how long it takes for those footers to, you know, the, the, yeah. the feet mm -hmm. to actually dry out. So when I come back, say, from Montana, or even if we're fishing the Driftless, I often will take my waders and pull them inside out and let them sit in the front of the house, which is exposed to the south, you know, if it's depending on the time of year, yeah, and and really for a full day, and then sometimes I'll move them into the the family mm -hmm. room, which is to my wife's, you know, unhappiness that I do that, <laughs> and they'll yeah. sit there for a couple days. But I, I'm just trying to dry them out. Yeah, no, that that's good. Yeah, she'll come in and think that you're you're laying on the couch. Oh, it's only days waiters. Yeah. Huh? Uh, you know, something else too on the you know on the outside, like well, not a big deal. You just kind of let let that air dry but make sure with the gravel guards uh turn those up so that the un so what's underneath those gravel guards will dry out that's a place where moisture could stick around and you could end up with some mold and then cleaning these I, I actually have done this a few times not often but i will use a mild detergent water to uh, wipe them down occasionally so those are some things that you can do to keep them clean. I, I guess beyond that, though, uh, why? What can you do to protect your waders from getting punctured? Or the first thing is just f when you're crossing fences. And I know in the driftless, they have these, like, aren't they styles or where you can yeah. either walk mm -hmm. up them? They have a way for you to actually get into. Uh, the area that you want to fish and it's great because the right. landowners have done it or the DNR has done it with the landowner's permission that's a wonderful thing about the driftless area there's so many many miles of fishable streams but there often is you know is is a is a fence right is a with barbed wire that's wrapped around either one of the sides of the styles yeah. or and, and so it's so easy to even 
just get it nicked a little bit. And I'm actually amazed at how well my knees through the years, at least the Dan, pair of Dan Bailey waders that I have, how well they have actually worn through the years because I do a lot of crawling on my legs, but it's always the fences, right? That little yeah. nick mm -hmm. that, yep. that happens. And next thing you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you've got water coming in. But, you know, again, there's, they're easy to repair, obviously, and uh, make sure you have a good repair kit. That's right. There's something else. Wherever you find waders, Dave, there's something else you're going to find, too. <laughs> yes, you do. You find wading boots. Yes. So what do we do with boots? Well, the first thing is to clean them off after each use, and this is not just to dry them out, but to protect the environment as well as yeah, the boot. Absolutely. So this has been a, a principle or a, it's actually a habit that we have implemented over the last 10, 15 years because of the invasive species worry mm -hmm. and you fish one ecosystem or one drainage system one day and then you drive 100 miles and your mm -hmm. boots are not fully dry and you've not washed them off and then you take whatever's on that boot and, and it enters that stream yeah. in another drainage mm -hmm. system. So it's just a way to protect the environment, protect you know from invasive species and, and, and really join kind of this conservation effort to make sure we protect our streams. That's right. So, uh, unless money grows on trees for you, even if it grows on trees for you, uh, you will get more out of the money you invest in gear if you uh, take care of it. So, again, I hope something that we've talked about here is helpful, maybe a new idea. One more thing is last fall when we were out fishing with Curtis, that guide, we were fishing the Madison and I don't know if you remember, I made some comment to him in, I think it was in the fly shop before we went out. I said, you know, I can't wait for these Dan Bailey waders to wear out so I can get myself a new pair of waders. He said, Dave, he said, I'm telling you, those that you have, how old are those? How old are the waders, he asked me. And he said, man, I can't tell you how well those are made. He started talking about the footing and the what they were using, the material, and mm. they had made a change, and those were the new change was actually rotting out faster yeah. than the old. He said, man, if you have a pair of these older waders, he said, just keep wearing them and wow. keep, keep taking care of them. He said, they'll last you a long time and even longer than what I've had, which is about 10 years. So... Uh, it's just a good reminder that yep. gear can last a really long time, and it really is an investment, and yep. and protecting that investment is really important. It really is. Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Here are a couple recent comments. The first is from our friend Duane. In response to our podcast, what the big brown trout had for lunch, Duane replied, brown trout, on effective caddis patterns, you did not mention orange. I've caught trout and steelhead everywhere from Alaska rivers to Oregon stillwaters with various size elk hair orange bodies. On woolly buggers, you did not mention purple color. It's a real killer. Hmm, maybe you left these out because they're your faves. <laughs> or maybe we left them out just because we're... Losers. <laughs> Losers, that, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't think of it. No, that's a great That's a great point. I have never fished a, a purple... Uh, Wooly booger. Now I have had black that has, you know, the tail might be right, or the is it the marabou tail? Is yeah, that has some flash of blue in it. Yeah, flash. Or, exactly. or sometimes even the the body, you get a little bit of crystal flash you can tie in. But no, that's a that's a great yeah, idea. That, I mean, we we fish purple uh, beadhead prince nymphs. Yeah, before. all the time. Yeah, and of course the the purple haze, which is uh, parachute atoms with the purple dubbings. That that's a great idea. 
Uh, he said also browns are night feeders, so if fishing in daylight, it's almost more effective than it's almost always more effective to nymph or streamer them down deep. Yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Absolutely yeah, right. Abs- for sure. Yeah, great comment. Hey, the second one is from uh, Bob Ritchie, and it's going to be obvious in a moment why we've used his name. Bob recently emailed us and said, Your podcast inspired me to start a blog for my own amusement. Please check it out if you ever have five minutes. The blog is called First Fish, and here is the link. Uh, So it's HTTPS uh, colon colon two backslashes. And then here's the here's the URL firstfish.blog backslash. All right. So uh, again, https colon two backslashes firstfish. It's all one word. Firstfish dot blog backslash. And I think too, you can just Google firstfish blog. You could, although I yeah, I did that once, and there's a lot. Oh, yeah. some other stuff that pops up, but. Yeah, probably if you did firstfish.blog, you'd be okay. But uh, I, I re- we're really excited yeah, to see that's Bob so do exciting. this. Uh, he even had a nice post about our Two Guys podcast. And, hey, we would encourage you, check out Bob's blog when you get a chance. I think his last name is spelled R-I-C-H-E-Y. So yes. Bob Ritchie. Yeah, Bob Ritchie. R-I-C-H-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that, that makes does, us happy. Oh, you know, it does. It makes it, yeah, it just does our hearts well. I mean, we're... I just love to see people who, you know, who kind of have that interest, the creative outlet, who like to do a little writing, and and it was just fun reading Bob's stuff. So there's so many ways to fly fish, so many things that you haven't thought of, like just yeah. this whole thing of like, why aren't we fishing more purple uh, woolly buggers? Well, man, that that's like, you start doing that, you start catching more fish. So I just love the idea of getting more content out there and, and stories about people fly fishing. Yep, so I'm absolutely. so glad that Bob's uh, done that. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's going to do it for today. What tips would you offer fly fishers for taking care of their gear? Uh, you can join the conversation by going to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. What have you learned about taking care of your fly fishing gear so that it lasts longer, uh, doesn't fall off the uh, top of your SUV, and keeps you working dog. more efficiently. <laughs> you like to hurt me deeply. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you can find us on all the social platforms. Find us there and, and sign up. And if you'd like to send us an idea for a podcast, and we always welcome your ideas, just email us, Steve Dave at twoguysinariver.com. Steve Dave, that's one word. And uh, also make sure you sign up for the email alerts on our website. If you haven't done so, we send out a weekly email with the two new pieces for the week as well as other content. You don't want to miss that. And if you somehow get to the site, you don't see that widget where you can sign up, just send us an email and we'll, we'll sign you up. Also, we want to just thank all of you who have purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Uh, the book is really a cliff notes of all the fly fishing hacks and tips that Steve and I have learned through the years and stolen from everybody else. And, uh, you know, we're just so grateful for those of you who purchased it. And if you haven't purchased it, purchased it yet, be sure and do so. Yeah, shame on you if you haven't. Yeah, shame on you if you haven't, right, for sure. And one last thing, we continue to grow our subscribers, and that's simply because you refer the podcast. Just want to say a big thanks. That's how we grow. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.